Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, it's only natural in our lives that at some times we have allowed the views of other people to determine how we feel about ourselves. It happens all the time, doesn't it? You're at work and things are going well and your boss praises you and you feel pretty good. You, you come home and your wife, your husband gives you a, a big hug and you say, yeah, this is just how it ought to be. Your little kids were standing around going, daddy's home, daddy's home. And you said, yes, yes, this is how my life ought to come out, right? But all of those feelings, they came from other people, didn't they? And it was because we, we did good or, or we were doing well or, or things were going just right. As you know, my son Scott won the, the state weightlifting championship his sophomore year. People at the school chanting his name. He won the state championship again his senior year. He set new records at that time. Things in his life were going well. My son Robert is the starting goalie for the soccer team this year. He had a really good game over in Detroit Lakes, and he had another really great game over in Ricori. Uh, just this past time, even standing there, other parents came by me and said, Robert really did well. We, we eat up those moments. Other people, though, bringing an influence into our lives. Uh, what happens when it's not going so good? You maybe also remember Scott's junior year. He scratched out at state. He, he didn't even place, even though he was there. There could be times when Robert will, will have a, a, a terrible game playing soccer. Maybe in your life you've had places where people send you hateful emails. Maybe you had bosses who threatened to fire you if you didn't get your act together. You have these other people, again, coming, bringing an influence, but this time a negative one, and then you feel bad. Then you feel like things aren't working. You came home and, honey, I'm home, and your wife wasn't even there to greet you at the door. And you said, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. My, my my kids grew up and they began to launch criticisms against me. And I said, well, this isn't quite what I, I thought, you know, being a dad was about. You know, people bringing those negative comments and it's natural that we can be hurt by those, can't we? Well, maybe your, your, your dad, your grandpa took you aside one time and your, your, your dad, your grandpa said, well, well, son, daughter, it, it doesn't matter what anybody else is thinking. All that matters is what you think. 
Now tune out all of those other voices. Don't care so much about what other people think. All that matters is what you yourself Okay, well, maybe it sounds kind of good. But what happens when you and I maybe are having a, a bad day and we, we start having bad thoughts? Now, it, it might be hard for you to imagine, you know, for example, but when I was in high school, I was known for having perfect hair. People would comment about my hair and how it was perfect, and it was always perfect, and I always made sure that it was combed just right, and it was that way. And, and now I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, and say, what happened? What happened to my hair? Right? I, I have bad thoughts about my hair. Right? Let, let's face it, it, it happens. It, it happens in other areas of, of our lives, doesn't it? Now, I maybe can tune out the other voices, but my own voice looking in the mirror, sometimes it's not going just right. And sometimes uh, maybe other people are saying a lot of good things, but if I myself don't think it's true, then I still have a problem, don't I? I'm still uh, struggling. I'm still, you know, down. I'm still having, you know, difficulties making it through my life. But what does God come and tell us? God says, you should just listen to me. Oh, what a, a, a novel concept that we would listen to God. God comes and he tells us, guess what? I knit you together in your mother's womb. Right now, I, I know a lot of people don't knit, you know, these days, but you can probably remember your, your mom, your, your grandma, you know, knitting things. Your, your great aunt Minnie knit for you that scarf, you know, that one Christmas, right? You maybe still have the, the blanket that she made for you stashed away in a trunk somewhere. You know, and, and God says, you know, just as your grandma, your great aunt, spent that time placing every loop perfectly so that she could create for you something that would last, so in that very same way, the Lord God knit you together in your mother's womb. He made all the little intricate blood vessels that would carry blood to each you know, cell in your body. He made all the little molecules able to, to come together to produce energy so you can even get up in the morning. He created you with that kind of loving care, knitting you together in your mother's womb. Right? That is how special you are. That God cares for you that much in, in the tiniest detail. God also comes and he says that we are his children. <laughs> I don't know, I've stressed that many times before in this uh, congregation, but it is really that very fine idea. As great as it would even be if he just called us slaves, right? Because we could be, you know, slaves to God 
And that would be a pretty good life, wouldn't it? God would treat his slaves really well. He could say, you are my slaves. We'd say, praise the Lord, right? But God says even more. And it's not just, those are my workers. Those are my employees, right? As great as it would be to, to work for God, right? We have the best boss ever. So God takes it even one step further, doesn't he? He says, we are his children. Right, the sons and daughters. Now, for many of you here, you, you had great moms and dads, and you knew what it, it was like to be a, a great mom or, or dad. But sometimes we come into contact with the people and their home life, it, it wasn't so great. But still, we can explain it to them in that same way because they have imagined what it would be like to have a great dad. No, that even if their, their dad was an alcoholic that never came to any of their sports games during their high school years, that never participated in their life, maybe even abandoned them, they imagine what it was like, you know, to, to be like little Stevie, who had a great dad, that came to all of his games, and always loved him, and always supported him, always gave encouragement. And that's the father that we have. Our Father in heaven, the one who loves us very much. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He says, He is our Father. He cares for us. You know, He's also told us that He will work things together for our good if we will but continue to love Him and continue to follow his path. Now, it, it doesn't say we can just do whatever we want and God works it together for our good. But it says if we love him, right, if we're called according to his purpose, right, we're doing things his way, he will work it for our good. And he says that he has good plans for us. God loves us that much. God is our Father. God has made a plan for our lives. Yeah, we, we mess it up at times, don't we? You know, we, we go astray, right? The Bible has says each one has gone to his own way, right? We, we, we mess up God's plan, right? We, we commit sin, uh, we, you know, we go off course. But the blessed part is at any moment in time, we can return, can't we? We can turn from our sinful ways. We can ask the Lord for his forgiveness. We can come back to Jesus. We can say, Lord, I, I really have messed up my life. Please help me. And he promises that he will. Now, it's maybe kind of a, a trite saying, uh, you know, a little catchphrase, if you will, but, you know, God loves you very much. He says you're special. Right? And we forget that sometimes, don't we? We forget that God has a great love for us, that, that he says that, that we're special to him, that he knit us together even in our mother's womb, that he has good 
plans for us if we just stop messing them up, you know? That God wants even to work things together for our good. He cares so very much. So, dear friends, when we're thinking about our lives, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really matter what other people are saying, does it? There, there's some mean people out there. And maybe no matter how good you, you do at work, maybe your employer doesn't appreciate you. Uh, maybe no matter how hard you try in certain places of your life, a relationship just isn't quite working out. Maybe no matter how hard you're, you're putting in the effort, some place is just taking you for granted. <coughs> and the only words that you ever receive are just harsh words. You, you mess up just a, a little bit, and there's some, some harsh words that you work perfectly for 90% of the time, and nobody ever says anything about it. That doesn't really matter what, what those people are. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter what I'm thinking either if my thoughts aren't following God's will. Because I can be extra critical on myself. I can be extra hard on myself. I can wake up in the morning and say, what happened to my perfect hair? It doesn't look the way I want it to look anymore. I, I don't understand. I, I tried so hard. But what does matter is God's word. That he knit us together in our mother's womb. That he does have a good plan for us. That he says he can take the wrecked things in our life and he can make something good out of them still. Even though we have sinned and even though we've fallen short, we can be forgiven. And finally, dear friends, of course, he tells us he loves you so much. He sent Jesus to die on a cross for your sin. Now, it wasn't like I was surprised. It was like, oh, I sent my perfect son to the earth and it's all going to change and the butterflies will fly and the flowers will blossom and and it's going to be so wonderful. No, God knew when Jesus came to the earth, he was going to die on the cross. He was going to endure terrible torture. He's going to be murdered. He would suffer greatly. And even if you are the only person in your generation that will be saved, God sent Jesus for you anyway. God loves you that much. He wanted you to be able to come home and be with him. And God knows that, that we sin and, and we mess up and, and we blow it at times. And, and God knows that, that we need a savior. And so God sent Jesus. You know, some of you have, have had children and, and you've had to endure watching them suffer. 
You know, maybe it was a, a teacher at the school and you went to parent-teacher conferences and, and you just couldn't communicate and you knew that that teacher was kind of being mean, you know, to your kid. Maybe it was a, a coach that you had to endure and maybe it was even through several sports seasons where they, they just maybe picked on your son or, or daughter. They, they caused them anguish or it just was hurtful to you. You, you know what, what it is to have to maybe keep sending your son or daughter back to that same place you know, day after day because that, that's what the system is like. When God was up in heaven, he was watching his beloved son being crucified. The scripture says, no, God turned his face away. A lot of theologians have spent time trying to you know, answer that question. Well, why, why would God do that? You know, it, it, it's Jesus, and, and Jesus is, is doing what God wants him to do. And, and why would God turn his face? And some people have said, you know, well, he just was covered in sin. He was covered in the sin of the whole world, and, and so God... I couldn't look at him, but I, I would suggest to you this morning that perhaps you know, it, it was simply how you felt as a, a parent watching your son or daughter endure hardship that after a, a, a while, you know, you just couldn't look. Right? After a while, you're about to come out of the house and punch that kid in the nose that, that was hassling your son or daughter at the bus stop. I really believe that as God was there in the heavens and he saw everything that was happening to his boy, he just said, I, I can't look at that because I'm maybe going to wreck something. Right? God might have just blasted the earth right there. He just would have said, if this is what you're going to do to my perfect son who has done nothing but help you, it's going to be over. But God didn't do that. God turned his face away. He said, you know, this has to happen. For these people to make it home, Jesus, my boy, has to die. It has to go this way. There's no other path. And I just can't look at it right now. I can't see it. And dear friends, God loved you that night. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.